Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Ringmaster on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that create relationships, generate revenue, and drive growth. Ringmasterlive.com. Bam. Yeah, there it is. Here we go. We are on. We are green. We are going. This interview, this conversation, I can't wait. I'm so glad other people get to hear this because talking to this person is so much fun and I I can't help but learn things throughout the time. And so let me introduce you to today's guest. She is a marketing leader and thought leader, an entrepreneur, and really just a total badass very strong, innovative voice in the content and SEO marketing world, a prolific author, NPR, the HuffPost, NBC News, PBS, all these different places, not just doing it for clients, but also doing it for herself. So she is writing, she's creating. We're going to learn a lot from her today. Founder and CEO of PodReacher, Jacqueline Schiff. Welcome to the show. Casey, it's so great to be here with you. Thank you for that amazing introduction. Yes, yes. The the running joke is you can clip that and make that your your wake up alarm on your phone in the morning. You know, ladies oh, and gentlemen. <laughs> so good. Well, I'm so glad you're here. There's so many things to talk about. You are so knowledgeable in the areas of content, and SEO, and content repurposing, and just being efficient in the creation of con- content and also making sure it actually is effective. So I just can't wait to open Pandora's box. And the way we do that here is uh, pick this thing up. It's heavy, Ugh, but I know you're going to get this. Here you go. You want to grab that? You got to grab it. it. Yeah, there you go. Oh, wow. One-handed. People just one-hand, back-handed Thor's hammer like it was <laughs> you know, a pencil, but anyways, that's Thor's hammer. Take it, smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception, just set the record straight once and for all. Love it. Um, so the myth that I'm going to smash for your listeners is, uh, you're maybe making transcripts for your webinar, your podcast episode, your video, and you're thinking I'm good on SEO. Not true not true. Um, A transcript is not an SEO optimized piece of content. Now, it's a great building block. Um, It's a great content building block. um, And it's good for a lot of reasons. But is it this like magic juice that I think a lot of people think it is for SEO? It's not. Um, And we can get into exactly why. But that's, yeah, that's, that's, you know, sometimes we have myths that sort of been said before, but this is one of those myths that, my goodness, I hear this all the time. Mm-hmm. Why do we think, is it just because there's so much content? Like a transcript can be really long and full of these juicy keywords. If I keep saying podcast, podcast, content repurposing, hey, now our transcript has it in there three times. What is that? Why? Like, why do we think these things are so valuable? Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. Um, and so I think it's just, it's often repeated, you know, people are like, get a transcript for SEO. Um, and I think, so there is this idea in SEO that a piece of content needs to be a certain length um, for it to be recognized as valuable by Google. Um, and if you have a transcript, obviously, that is a verbatim record of your conversation or, you know, your speech, whatever it is, right? Um, so 
it's usually good on the length. And to your point, it probably does have a lot of keywords um, from whatever it is you're discussing. Um, but without massaging that into a way that is more meaningful to someone who would actually be searching for that content, that's where the disconnect is. So again, it's, it's great to have a record of your conversation. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's also like, um, it makes the content more accessible because some people might, you know, if it's a podcast, um, uh, you know, some people might be hard of hearing. Um, and so this makes uh, a transcript means that they can access exactly what was said. Um, so there's important uses for it, but, you know, on its own, you know, one of the major missing pieces and I probably alluded to this um, just, just a little bit before, is that um, you know, a big part of SEO is search intent. So when someone's searching for something, they are looking for a response to a question. And if you have a whole printout of a conversation, it doesn't do that in a way that is um, you know, helpful to the end user or to Google. Yeah, and Google knows that. Because it's is keeping getting, track, right? It's it's getting smarter about figuring that out all the time. Um, you know, I also like, I, I know some people do like to read transcripts. They are out in the wild. I, I personally do not. <laughs> Who are those people? Uh, you know, I, I hear this, right? And I'm sure that's another thing we'll get to, right? Is that your readers, listeners, your community, um, they, they have different ways of absorbing content and some people might want and like the full transcript for sure. a lot of different reasons. Um, but a lot of people don't prefer to ingest content in that way. And they certainly are probably not going to share it like that. Um, so all these things go into, you know, Google's taking these things into account into saying, is this a, the, the first thing that someone should see in their search query? You're right. If I ask a question, yeah, even this, let's, let's, let's like make this like super meta, not the Facebook kind, the regular kind. Okay, so, good. <laughs> so if I was curious to know if transcripts were great for SEO, I would search that. And if, if I got the transcript for this show and we'll make that available for people so we can kind of all see things mm -hmm. and, and make this super weird that we're in it, we're in it while we're talking about being in it, like the matrix. But if, if I searched for that answer and to your point, if I found the transcript, you know, in this show, you answer it right toward the beginning, but right. not necessarily in every show. And maybe there's a point you make an hour from now. So just linking to the transcript, unless you're going to link to like that particular part of it. And I've done that. I've, I've clicked on something on Google where the answer is in the page somewhere. And it's like, oh man, how do, where is that answer? I, I, how do I find it? And that's the worst. And then I click back and I know Google knows that I've clicked back and I'm coming back for more because that page didn't quite answer it for me. So I totally right. get it, right? Your answer is not, you're not giving them an answer. It's like, it's like a, a kid asking a parent, some question about the world and they're like, here's the encyclopedia, figure it out. You know, mm -hmm. it's like not helpful dad. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's, that's exactly right. And it's, you know, wow. I like that you brought in the example of this conversation Yeah, because I think that that does, you know, it kind of like helps you wrap your head around it. Um, uh, so yeah, that that's the just with transcripts. They, and again, like I'm not saying don't do them. Okay. Uh, that's never my advice. Um, but 
it's it's not like you know again it's not a magic bullet for your seo okay so it has some practical uses we're not saying don't do it uh it's not worth freaking out about not worth investing a lot of time or money in but if you can get it easily go for it and if that's the case what should we do if that's not the the magic answer if that content doesn't get repurposed and maybe it ties to that massaging you were talking about what is the right answer? What should we be trying to create out of video and all that? It's a great question. Um, so going back to the point of uh, transcript being a building block of content, um, I mean, one of the easiest things you could do, right, is to just um, take excerpts from that transcript and include maybe an introduction. So what is this conversation about? What is the question that is... Um, you know, being responded to. And then, you know, again, if your goal is SEO, you're hopefully tying this to what are people searching for? Like, how does this connect to a person's question? So the introduction should answer that. And then, um, you know, without getting too in the weeds with SEO, you want to have some H2s on the page. Um, oh, you can go in the weeds. That's fine. <laughs> it's a hard marketing show. We can handle it for just a little bit. I'll okay. let you know if it blows my brain out. <laughs> okay, good. I'm relying on you for that. Yes, I will. Um, but so, you know, adding some H2s that incorporate, you know, some of your keywords that help, you know, make this a more digestible piece of content, um, you know, and then I think there's other things that you can do to, again, make it more readable, more valuable to your reader. Yeah. And ultimately, you know, big picture, what, what's good SEO about? It's about creating content that, you know, not just responds to search intent, isn't just targeting keywords, but overall is, is good and helpful for your reader and better than other resources out there. Um, so that's like, you know, at a high level, you can just take that transcript and do a few things, you know, massage it. Now, next steps beyond that is, you know, turn it into um, more of an, an article, right? So where, and I would differentiate this from, you know, slicing and dicing a transcript because, so I might say the most interesting thing in this conversation, like 25 minutes in, right? Sure. Um, so stay tuned. Ideally not. Cause no one's listening and yeah. <laughs> But, but so let's say I do. So in an article that might be your lead. Um, you know, this is mm. where you're taking a transcript and you're really only taking like the key quotes. Um, you're maybe doing some supplemental research um, and you're making it into, you know, something that's that's uh, really an original piece of content. So it's not just a, you know, verbatim form of the conversation we're having, but it contextualizes it for the reader. Um, you know, it goes a step above and beyond. So that would be the next step. Um, and those, those are two possibilities. Now there's obviously tons of ways to repurpose content. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we focus and I focus really on, on taking, um, recordings and doing, you know, and turning them into long form pieces. And so that's obviously where my head goes. Right. And, and, and that's a key part here. Cause I know we'll talk a bit more about your company in a little bit. But one of the reasons we started chatting is because that's what your company does. So when you're describing these techniques, this is these are things you're doing every day. And so you understand them completely. Um, and so if I were to think about 
the, this, even this overall conversation, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about don't, you know, it's don't rely on the transcript, uh, but it is a building block. And then that can turn into, you can, well, you can massage it first and now you have a better piece of content or you can just create a whole other article. And so it's another thing you can do. And then it sounds like, or you can create even a completely different kind of piece of content out of that. Yeah, um, you know, again, so thinking of, of the transcript as a building block. Uh, yeah, by the way, sorry, you've said that a couple of times. And I keep meaning to ask you, tell me about the, the idea of the transcript as a building block. Sure, yeah, it's, it's a good question. So, uh, you know, going back to this, you know, what is a transcript? It's, um, it's the verbatim record of your, your conversation or whatever you're having transcribed. So the building block is that's, so I come from a journalism background. So it, it like, it always helps me to explain it this way. So when you're doing journalism, right, you, you interview sources, you interview people and, um, you know, you're trying to get different pieces of information from them. And then you take all those different pieces and you, you put it together in one article that's maybe, let's say a thousand words that is intended to give uh, the reader, um, you know, a, a, a view, a snapshot of whatever it is you're reporting on. So when I say a building block, I mean, you know, it's, you know, maybe maybe you're transforming one conversation, maybe you're transforming several and combining them. But, you know, either way, it's just, you know, it's like, it's a tool to help you create something else. Um, I like that. Right. So it's like a, it's a tool or it's a piece of the house that you're building. It's not the thing, but it might be a really important part of it. And to your point, it might be one of the critical ways that you of source information. You actually have the words written down. It makes it easier to write that other content. Exactly. You know, like, a, so this, this idea that it's, it's a resource and it's, it's something that you can use, um, you know, to, to, you know, as, as a piece of, of, I liked your, your point, right. Of the house that you're building. Um, it's, uh, you know, that's kind of like, you know, where, where it fits in, in like overall content strategy in my mind. Now, is it as important as the foundation because you can build the whole house on it or is that giving it too much credit? Uh, so, so you're saying is, is a transcript like the foundation? Hmm. That is a good question. Um, I mean, I would say the the source material is the foundation. Good call. That's a, that's uh, a much then, better point. Yeah, yeah. And then much the you know the transcript is a piece that is derived from that um, from that source material. That's awesome. First time a guest has ever disagreed with me on my own podcast. Don't know how I can handle this. No, totally. No, I I agree. I, that makes a lot more sense. That the it's not the original, it's just a helper, but it's not the original. The original is, is the source, um, which is yeah. again, why the transcript that, why we told you told us at the beginning, not the transcript is not the foundation. Transcripts, not your SEO juice. It's right. just a helper. It's a, it's a tool to your point. Yeah, it the is. original and source is the, the, the most of the, the materials. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 Well, now that we figured that metaphor out, <laughs> tell me about, tell me about content repurposing. I mean, so you routinely taking an original source file of a podcast like this one or a webinar, mm-hmm. any other kind of video interview or 
you know, monologue or whatever, and you're turning it into what kind of things do you create from one, one little interview? Yeah, no. So it's, it's a good question. Um, so, you know, we'll take any recording. Um, so whether it's an interview like this one or a webinar or a virtual conference session, presentations make for um, really great uh, pieces of written content. And we'll turn those into, uh, you know, usually a blog post, sometimes an ebook, sometimes a white paper. Um, sometimes we've even, even taken sales calls and turned those into like customer stories. Um, so there's like, you know, they're really, there's, um, unlimited possibilities to repurpose. Um, I know also we were going to talk about, so we kind of think about that in four steps. Um, oh yeah, so, please tell me. <laughs> well, yeah. And so I was like, should we get into those now or whatever? So but are these like the four steps to like actually do the repurposing? Exactly right. Got um, it. So you're saying so, you could create anything. Now, do you have like your top list of the things you like or think they're most beneficial to repurpose into? Before we get into the how you do it, um, so I think everything that I just mentioned, you know, it really did. Yeah. It all starts with like your marketing plan, right? Okay. And your, or really more specifically, your content marketing plan. Um, and this is one of my, you know, like I will die on this hill with podcasts uh, specifically. But you know, I think a lot of times, and, and this happens for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, people are like, let's, let's create a podcast. That's the hot channel. It's a hot marketing channel, but it's, it's sort of divorced from the rest of your content strategy. And mm. there's no good reason for that. Right. Um, all, everything you're doing content should talk to each other. And um, I think for a lot of marketers and especially marketers that are trying to get at like executive thought leadership, um, having a conversation is a lot easier and more feasible than, you know, maybe getting that executive or even you yourself get like writing up, you know, a mammoth thought leadership piece that explains why you do what you do. And, you know, it's kind of like the signature piece of content. Um, so what I love about podcasts is it provides a forum to do that. Um, and then, you know, that's another block in the house. Um, I hope this analogy like makes sense at the end, but yeah, but so you've got that, right? And then you've got the recording for people that prefer to listen. Because the other the other key part with content strategy in 2021, now going into 2022, is um, you know, you got to be where the audience is. And depending on the time of day, the type of person, people consume content differently. Um and, you know, you want your strategy to be as frictionless as possible. So if I'm in the mood today to read and skim something and that's going to like make me want to hear more from you, bring me into your ecosystem, make me sign up for your newsletter, that should be available. Um, I shouldn't have to listen to it. It shouldn't only be available to me in one form. I mean, that's just good marketing. Right. Um, so, so I think I'm getting a uh, you know, kind of outside of the original question. Sure. But, no, but it but, makes sense though. I totally get it. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think the point here is, is that um, all these different things you're doing ideally are part of a master content marketing plan, um, you know, and it all fits together. So ideally 
you're thinking about what that looks like at the start. So if we're starting a podcast, why are we doing this podcast? And then what other pieces of content are we going to make with it? Um, that's where, you know, I think uh, teams tend to see the strongest results. You know, it's funny as much as sometimes I want to geek out, especially with some like a topic like what you and I are talking about. I love that you reminded us like, okay, don't fixate on this cool tactic. Let's make sure it's a part of an overall strategy. And when you started talking about podcasts, I was like, oh, where's this going? But I totally agree. You don't want to make this thing an island unto itself. Mm -hmm. It should integrate. The company should point at the podcast, podcast at the company, the brand. It should all be the same. It doesn't have to be the same brand, but like it should all mean the same thing. It should be going in the right direction. Um, and you shouldn't be like two different personalities, my podcast personality, and then our company personality it should really be authentically the same. Yeah, they should, they should talk to each other for sure. They, they should. Right. But I digress. Really what I want to dive into now is the how, and, and I, and I appreciate the fact that you're going to take us, take us to those nerdy levels of like, how do you repurpose? What's your approach? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for bringing me yeah. back there. Cause I was like, ah, hi, where hi, are we? And, yeah. And out there, I know. <laughs> um, so, uh, so let's say you've decided to take a recording and, you know, again, could be a podcast episode, could be a webinar, could be a virtual conference session, could be some other YouTube video. Um, and you're like, okay, I would like this to be a great blog post um, uh, that, that, you know, tells people what we're about. So the first step, um, that we think about when we do this is to actually, um, to think about what is the end use. Okay. Cause that's going to dictate everything else. So is it going to be a blog post on your blog? Mm. Um, where's it going to live? Is, are you going to publish it as a thought leadership piece on LinkedIn? Um, are you going to go for, and, and we've done this, um, you know, try get it published in a media outlet or an industry publication, because that's going to uh, dictate how you write it. So, so make that strategic decision up front. Because, um, for example, you know, if you, um, so there was, there was someone that we worked with and um, they took their podcast interviews and um, you know, repurposed it into content that was published in CIO magazine. Um, so a magazine for, um, you know, uh, chief information officers. And um, so they have their own style guide. So mm. the reason I say you want to think about this before is because you can like Google and, and see, you know, they usually have contributor guidelines, something like that. So you want to make sure what's their word count, what kinds of headlines do they expect? So um, so make that decision up front. That's the first step. Um, the next step is to actually listen and review the, the piece of content. So if it's a video, if it's a recording, to go through it. Now, sometimes uh, maybe you were the person who did the interview and you're like, oh, I, you know, I remember what we discussed in the conversation or something, you know, you, you just want to maybe do it from memory, um, which would be convenient, but there's a lot of reasons you probably don't want to rely on your memory. Um, you know, first of all, it, it might not actually be correct. Um, but second of all, is that um, when you're listening or, or, or reviewing the recording, um, and this is really important for, you know, especially if you're thinking about SEO, 
you want to listen to the conversation through the lens of the intended audience. So um, who ultimately is going to read this? Why are they going to read it? And you want to be listening for those nuggets, um, you know, those gems of information that are going to come up. And that might be a slightly different viewpoint than, you know, your, your perspective on it, mm. right? So, um, so you want to review the information with the end reader in mind really important to do as you're reviewing it. And this is also where the transcript comes in. You probably want to listen, view it with the transcript in hand, and you want to highlight, um, you know, those important quotes. So uh, was something said in, um, and was it phrased in a really memorable way? You totally want to use that as a direct quote. Um, but sometimes people will, you know, talk about concepts and maybe they skip around. I've probably done it a few times in this conversation. And so, uh, you know, what you're looking for in the transcript there is, okay, she talked about this 10 minutes in, then she like actually built on that idea further down. So that's, you know, when you're actively listening to this, you're paying attention to gathering those details. And again, um, to make it as valuable a piece for the end reader as possible. So How important is the audience? I know you've mentioned that. Um, I think it's really important because why, you know, why are we creating content? You know, it's for an, in, like it's to be shared, to be read by an ideal person. Um, so I think you really, so that's a great like quote right there. You can highlight that in your transcript. Um, thank you. Um, making, <laughs> ma making this easy for me, but um, right? should we tell everyone our experiment or should we sure. get to the rest of your list first? Uh, no, I'm, What's I'm easy? just for people listening, we're going to actually repurpose this podcast episode and, and Jackie's going to like use her magic powers to repurpose this. And we're going to link to it in the show notes. So by the time you're listening to this, we're going to do those things and we'll, we'll have a link to the transcript and, and all this. And, and she wants us to be able to learn from and see what it looks like. Um, and so whatever we're talking about and the kind of the joke is that knowing that we know this is going to be turned into articles and repurposed or um, it's like, Hey, that's why I asked if I could get a quote out of you, try to make it easier. But I digress. That's the fun underlying part of this is that we're going to actually do everything you're saying. You're going to mm -hmm. go through these steps and repurpose the content yeah no and it was so it was a great idea that that you had casey um hopefully i'm not giving away any trade secrets but we had a a pre-interview call which right. I, thought, yep. I thought was really great um and we were discussing this and um you know you mentioned it and i was like that's that's great because i think there's no clearer way than you know if someone do, does listen to this and then they go They'll see the transcript, they'll see, you know, your episode page, and then they'll see the article. They're very different deliverables and they have very different use cases. So uh, I'm excited about it. Me too. So with that being said, back to our show. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about these repurposing steps. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So we, so we, I've spoken about the first two, right? So like, yes. how are you using it? Um, actively listen with the transcript in hand, thinking about, you know, your end reader. Um, so once you've listened, step number three is to actually like 
uh, write write the piece. Um, and so so this is again what's differentiating a transcript from you know turning it into a long form article. And so I mentioned like one of the things that we're always looking for is um, so you know what what is what was like the interesting take what's the interesting angle from a conversation and that's probably going to be you know early like on the top of your article it might even be the lead part of the introduction um and again my, you know maybe we're still waiting for it in this conversation right hey. like it might only come you know a couple minutes in but so the writing process this is where you kind of know what it's about you know what's going to interest uh, the end reader, and you're organizing and structuring the piece in a way that's going to be useful and meaningful to to them. You know, a, a simplified or not a simplified, but I guess a good way to think about it is, you know, I think every piece of content should kind you should know the value proposition for that piece of content. So. When you're writing the article, it's like, what's what differentiates this? Why will people want to read this rather than other things? Um, and gotcha. you really want to be able to to uh, convey that when you write it up. So, right. So now you've written it up. Well, real uh, quick on that, the value sure. prop. Uh, and you know, it's kind of interesting. We actually, when you first smashed the myth, when we talked specifically about transcripts, I was almost like that's its own article, and so. Maybe and, and tell me if I'm crazy, but that, that's like it's uh, that's a question that could people could be searching, and then the idea of okay, how do you repurpose video content into audio or no into other forms or into a written format? Mm -hmm. This would be like a second one where we're like, here's how to do it, um, and I, I guess it helps that the speakers have sort of arranged things like we, we've done a little bit of good work beforehand little prep call to figure out the best format and then you know the sort of ringmaster methodology sort of tries to front load that knowing that repurposing is a great idea but i'm sure sometimes you get articles where you know two people just going off on a conversation jumping around all over the place i mean does that make it near to impossible to repurpose or what do yeah. you do um so yeah, you've hit on something that we see a lot of, and that is that you know some conversations are not linear, and that's that's one of the reasons I said like um, you know a presentation uh, really lends itself well to that because usually those are a little more linear, um, you know, and like people's thoughts are organized, whereas a conversation, um, you know, especially sometimes you know people are talking about different ideas um you know feeding off each other jump you know jumping around to to different parts maybe referencing part of the conversation later um and that's that's the work of the writing process um mm -hmm. you know there are some some conversations that just you know won't, won't make for um you know a good piece of content a good piece of written content um but you know what we've found is so sometimes people will send us 45 minutes of audio. And it's it's like what you described. It's it's a little bit all over the place. Uh, they're covering a lot of topics, but what you usually find even within a conversation like that, they could be 10 minutes where, mm. you know, there's something really clear um, and, and interesting in that. And so maybe your article just kind of covers that. Um, and in fact, we, we do that a lot. Um, I, I tell um, our writers, that like rule of thumb is you're probably only going to use um, 40% of the 
of um of the recording in the in the actual written piece right um so there's a lot you're not using and again to like throw it back to podcast interviews um i like the way you like flip the script on this but you are atypical um in in i've heard that a lot too by the way (laughs) everyone tells me that um and and i think it's a good thing especially my teachers Um, you are atypical and that does not mean you get an a Um, so, but the way in which I was meaning you're atypical is, um, you, a lot of times dig into people's backgrounds towards the end of the conversation, right? A lot of podcasts will spend 15, 20 minutes doing that at the front end. And that, that makes for a good listening experience sometimes, sometimes, um, but, but, you know, when you're writing, let's say, you know, we're writing this up and this is really a conversation about content repurposing. People don't really need to know my backstory. No, they you really know? don't. Right. And, and see, and, and I know we talked a little bit about this, but in my opinion, people don't actually care and not in a mean way, but they don't know who you are. Why should I listen? Right. And, and so I'm like, why, why do I care? But after hearing, and we'll talk, we'll eventually get to your background, but after hearing like, wow, she repurposes all this stuff how in, we heard a hint of a journalism background that gets people curious to the point of, okay, now I am curious kind of where did this information come from? But in my opinion, they don't care at the, at the beginning. It sounds like that's where, where you're getting at. Yeah, no. And, and again, like I, I appreciate that you do that. I think it's a thoughtful approach. Um, I think the extent to which readers care about someone's background is why is this person an authority or, or why should I listen to them? Yeah. And, and so when we're thinking about turning um, a recording into, into text, uh, you know, like a blog post or something um, it's that might end up being a sentence or two. Right. So, so in this case for me, um, people might find me authoritative because I run a company that does only this type of content writing. Um, right. But that's all they need to know, right? Like they don't need to know she was a journalist back in 2010. Like, right, right. Yeah. And you know, and when I think about the structure of even this podcast, the introduction, you know, I have this crazy introduction that I almost lose myself in. There's so many things to say. And that sort of sets this like, okay, people, and everyone's like, well, you say nice things every time, but that's because I interview cool people every time. But here's this great introduction. Believe whatever she says. We'll tell you more later. Meanwhile, let's get on with the, the juicy stuff. And then here it comes right off the gate, you know? Yep. And and I love that you you do the work of that. Um, yeah. There are a lot of podcast hosts that are like, introduce yourself, right? And <laughs> you have feelings about that? Yeah. Tell me about yourself. All right. Well, uh, I was born in Virginia and I like mint chocolate chip. Nice to meet you. (laughs) You know what? I'll do that. Next time someone ever asks me to do my own introduction, I will literally just, I will purposefully make it an accurate, but completely unhelpful introduction. Well, my name is Casey. I like mint chocolate chip. Taco Bell is the food I'd make healthy if I could. And if I could live anywhere, it would be Ireland or maybe Italy. Great to be here. <laughs> like, now okay. That's going to that's throw the show, right? Well, like, to your so- point, though, then people are like, well, why, why am I listening to this guy? You know, so anything I say, yes. other than he just broke all the rules, curious. But other yeah. than that, there's no authority developed just yet. 
but but it's interesting because because you would be going so off script it actually might get people's attention um but yeah. but the point i would make there is there are some things that like we have more tolerance for in audio or video um that don't play as well in other formats um and you know the example that i like to give is um you know, and like anyone that knows marketing, hopefully will, this will resonate with them. You wouldn't like write a tweet or like a Twitter thread and then throw that up exactly on LinkedIn, right? Because mm. you've got to like optimize things based on the context. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like in a very basic way, what I see us doing is optimizing audio or video for text. Yeah. You know what? I, that's such a great point. Like I love nerding out on this stuff and the idea that people have tolerance for things on audio and video, be, probably because they have the contextual information and they yes. can hear and understand the feelings. But I think of Gary V, you know, and anyone who knows Gary V, but if you don't, you should, anyways, thought, thought leader guy, but he doesn't care. He really doesn't give a fuck, right? And so, but he will drop f bombs yeah. like it's no in, and it somehow freaking sounds cool when he does it. Like he's got his knit hat on and he's like doesn't care. Maybe just shaved, and you know he's just talking the truth. And you're just like, yep, say it, Gary. And some people try to be him, and it's just like it doesn't really sound. But but I don't know if I I could read Gary V dropping f bombs like that would just it might be different and I bet you they don't transcribe him word for word they yeah well and thing. even if they do that's the like when you read something from Gary V um and who knows how many ghostwriters he has um it's it's not yeah it's different it's yeah. not a million f bombs there's probably one or two like so that it's it's authentic to him right um but yeah. It's like, it's fucking right. Like, okay, you'll leave that one in, but not like, fuck, man, fuck. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. God. <laughs> I can't let my, my kids look at this transcript. It's terrible. <laughs> exactly. So, so, okay. So they have tolerance for different things. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, number four, I think. Number four. Okay, we wrote so, the piece and now yeah. it's time. What comes after writing the piece? Okay. Well, that's. I, I appreciate you queuing me up because I was like, where did we You know, there's some that? people that are going to be mad at me if, you know what, I should do a show where I just purpose, I'm like, there's seven things. I speak to five and then I have to go. So uh, that actually yeah. like, but, is, is a perfect example because that's, that's another thing um, when you're writing and step number four is editing. And okay. you also want to pay attention to this in the editing process so common, right? We don't, and, and this is also speaking to your point with Gary V. we don't write the way we speak. Okay. And we don't speak the way we write. Um, Are you sure? Cause I, I try to write. I, th I think I try to write the way I speak. So it's a, it's a great technique, but when you're actually speaking, I mean, I, I don't know many people that, that speak and then it's, it's a perfect a written piece. You're right. Um, you Guilty. know, you, you, you got it. No, and, but, but like, it's, it's a great, like, I, I do like that as a way to coach someone's writing um, because that's the idea there is to make someone's writing sound more natural um, and, and have a distinctive tone. Um, but in actuality, it, it doesn't happen. We don't write the way that we speak. And an example is what you just pointed out. 
um, people say, there are three principles to this. And then they will talk about two and, and either not explicitly say the third, like they won't say one, two, three, unless it's a planned pr presentation um, or unless they have a really great podcast host who's like, let's get to step number four, you know, that like right. coaches it out of them. Um, so uh, people will always like say, I'm going to give you three points and then they won't explicitly say what it is. So your job when you're turning that into written content is to listen for that mm. um, or to not say there's three points if there is there aren't actually three points <laughs> right. to deliver on. Right. right. And that happens a lot. Wow. Well, yeah, yeah, huge. And, and kind of a pet peeve of mine because it just, it's like not, I'm not OCD, but I think I might be with that because just, because I feel like I can picture, okay, four things, yeah. one, two, and I do try to say, okay, third, blah, 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 fourth, because right. I kind of mentally can picture that when I do that. But I can imagine editing is critical for this because if you forget that, it, it's glaring on paper. Like maybe if our storytelling was just so amazing, people might forgive us. Some people won't, but on paper, it's like the four reasons to repurpose content and there's three shown. What happened? Yeah. So, so yeah. There's, there's tons of things you're looking for in the editing process. This is definitely one of them. You know, does it flow? Is it a good reader experience? Um, like, does it, does it respond to a, a question that someone might have? Um, but then the other things you're looking for, apart from, you know, flow, grammar, and all these things that we typically think of with editing, is, again, coming back to the audience. So is it positioned for your target audience? Um, you know, like a lot of times there are certain like, you know, just buzzwords um, that that work well with, with people in certain industries. And so in editing, it's always useful to think, okay, if I'm writing this for marketers, um, you know, what's, what's, what's something that's on their mind? What can I throw into a headline? And maybe we didn't like, so in this conversation, maybe we're not going to use a term, but like when we actually go back and, you know, look at this conversation, we're like, oh, you know what? They're talking about content repurposing. Um, but, you know, here's another related thing that, you know, is, is a keyword and is something that people are talking about. And we're going to include that. Let me, let me give you a better example of that. No, I like it. Yeah. Keep going. That we've actually worked on. So we work with a company that, um, so they're a, they're a, a podcast recording platform and they have a podcast talking about podcasting, right? What else? <laughs> hey. <did you> <laughs> Um, so we take those episodes and uh, turn them into blog posts for their blog. So they did an interview with, with a guy that runs one of the major podcast industry conferences. And so he's Chris Kermitsos, great guy. Exactly right. Um, so so Chris, shout out to Chris. He is awesome. I'm a huge fan. Me too. Um, Podfest, excellent conference. Yes. Um, Sign up now podfest.com i should i don't i don't know but maybe chris you can sponsor us next time and we'll we'll give the correct url there you go um <laughs> so so chris chris was interviewed um on on their podcast and you know they're talking about how he connects people and you know like he's uh he's super networked and he is all of these things now they didn't use the word super connector in their conversation but we use that in the headline 
And there's a lot of good reasons to do that. Like it's a, you know, it's a bit of a clickbaity word. Who's Hell the yeah. podcast industry super connector? Like everyone wants to know that. So, you know, and, and obviously also from the perspective of Chris, that's kind of cool that, you know, he's the podcast industry super connector. So, um, you know, people are always thinking about how do I get podcast guests um, to share this content? Well, if you create a headline that they're proud of, they'll probably share it. That's a huge point. That's probably a great quote too, for everyone listening and repurposing for all the producers and writers listening that just there sounded like a pretty cool quote, maybe a little tweak there and there, but yeah, get people to share it by making them the star. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, And so, and those are some of the opportunities you have when you edit, you know, you can just be thoughtful about it. And the thing that's interesting, um, Casey is, a lot of times when I say editing, um, you know, people are like, oh, I've got to hire an editor or something like that. And that's, that's great. Uh, and hopefully you can, but, you know, even a self-edit is, is good. And, and what does a self-edit mean? It means like, so maybe you write it up and you sleep on it. And I guarantee if you look at something the next day, um, you'll find ways to improve it. hundred percent. Yeah. Just not, you can't, you can't wait like an hour. You have to literally give yourself a day to forget what you wrote so you can read it with a little more critical eye. Cause I've definitely written something and you try to reread it at the moment. And you're just like, your brain still knows what should be there, even yeah. if it is or isn't, but yeah, you're right. You wait a day or two. Um, it, who knows what happens? Quick question relating to the editing. And this is kind of a fun one. What's your take on, you mentioned a little audience positioning and some keywords, what do you think about the idea that keyword stuffing, like putting a bunch of keywords in there, like putting a bunch of keywords, marketing related ones into this podcast, like MQL, lead generation, demand generation, you know, ABM, account-based marketing, you know, all these kind of great things, the secret um, to great marketing success. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Sales and marketing alignment <laughs> driven by this podcast. Um, we could keep going. So, you know, I, I think, um, I, I never think that keyword stuffing is, is a good approach. Um, and you know, I think I'm sure like Google's kind of come out and been like, we don't, we don't like that. Um, you know, so the ideal with keyword research and, and this goes back to an earlier concept, you know, your content strategy should all kind of talk to each other. So ideally, before you make um, a recording, uh, whether it's a webinar or a podcast or whatever, if the the end goal is SEO, um, you do the keyword research ahead of time. Uh, You figure out what are people searching for and who's the expert I bring on to talk about that and to respond to potential questions that people have. Um, You know, that's uh, that that to me is a gold standard. Now, it's not possible for every everyone. And I know we've talked a lot about SEO in this conversation. I don't think SEO is the only reason to create content. Mm, And I don't, I don't always think that, um, you know, I I think there's, especially with, um, you know, B2B companies, um, there's, there's a huge opportunity to do thought leadership that isn't necessarily SEO optimized, that, helps your brand connect with the people that you're trying to reach. Um, and great quote. 
And to me, um, you know, so, so that stuff like doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be keyword focused. And just because something isn't keyword focused doesn't mean it, it, it's not going to rank, right? Sometimes things rank um, even if you, when you don't go in with a whole planned SEO strategy. But I am getting away from your question again. You asked about keyword stuffing, and I think that, um, you know, I, I advise against it. Um, I think, you know, if you have keywords and you can, you can also do keyword research after the fact. Um, so you can, you know, this conversation, we could do some keyword research um, afterwards and see, you know, what does this map to? Is there search volume for content repurposing or content optimization or something? Um, and if it flows and it fits within the piece and it's not going to detract from the reader experience, then include those keywords, but don't, don't force them in there. Right. I like that. I like that approach, creating good content, uh, that, that quote uh, to create connection with your buyer, like screw the SEO, connect with your buyer. There's my quote. Never listening. I, I, I like that quote. And you know, <laughs> that's, that's what differentiates, yeah. you know? like when, when you're buying decisions. So we could go down that, that rabbit hole. Well, but. there's another rabbit hole here right okay. in front of us. And, and I just have to ask this after hearing all these amazing things and I've been learning from you, I almost have no paper left. Who are you? Can you take <laughs> us back in time to like little Jackie days? What was it like growing up? Where'd you grow up? Did you always know you're going to be a, a content <laughs> empress, you know, diva of the written word? Like, tell, tell me did you, did you know, like, what was it like growing up you? Uh, so yeah. So probably if you're listening to this, I, maybe you pick up hints of an accent. Um, I don't really hear it. Um, but sometimes people do, but do I have an accent to you? Um, that's a great question. At this point, the, um, an American accent and like, I don't know, you don't have like a Southern accent. Right. Um, but like, not yet. A couple <laughs> beers later. And then I'm like, oh, really? oh yeah. What, a little bit. What happens? Yeah. Right. What happens? <laughs> what happens? <when laughs> That'll Casey be on the next a... episode. It'll be behind the scenes episode where it's like, let's feed Casey beer and see what he sounds like afterward. Oh my gosh. Um, Casey unplugged. I'm, I'm yeah. in for that. Oh no. I don't know if ever anyone is and the transcript would be so unruly, but so, so she so yeah, accent. Where, where does the accent from? What, what is that? Uh, yeah. So, so I grew up in South Africa, um, oh, cool. uh, in, in Johannesburg, um, but have been in the U S for 23 years. So I've been here a long time. Uh, you know, growing up, what did I think I would do? I, I think, um, so, so one thing that's always been, um, you know, a, a big thing for me is I've always been like flummoxed by that advice. You know, people are like, follow your passion, right? And I've always found that a difficult pill to swallow because um, I feel like I've had a lot of passions. Like I have a lot of different interests and there was never like one singular thing. Um, I would say in the last few years, I've reframed that, Um you know, and like looking on kind of my career or whatever to follow your motivation um, rather than your passion. So like, what do you feel driven to do each day? And maybe it's not within a specific industry. Maybe it's like, you know, I'll give you an example with me, right? Like I like 
uh, I'm very deadline driven. Like I, there's a competitive streak to me and like, I'm just never going to miss a deadline. Um, so no wonder I've been drawn to journalism and client work and stuff like that. Cause I, I like that. I like every day, like going to beat a deadline. Yeah. Um, so, so, so follow your, so I think of it as follow your motivation rather than your passion. But, um, I think, you know, growing up, if you'd asked me, there were probably times in my life where I was like, you know, I want to be, you know, a, a reporter, a journalist. I think, you know, going off to college, I thought I was going to be like Christian Amanpour. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was kind of, kind of a dream job. Now, now when did you, when did you come over to the U S you said you've been here for a bit. So how old were you? Yeah. So when I was in high school, uh, 15, um, so an interesting time to, to move. Were you just like super pissed that your parents were doing that to you? Um, so, so yes, my brother and I moved here, um, with my mom, my dad still lives in South Africa Okay. and, um, no, uh, honestly, I wasn't pissed. Um, <laughs> you know, so, um, but you're 15, you have friends and everything. I did. And- I, so, you know, South Africa's interesting. I mean, um, I just grew up and like a lot of people leave, you know, this big brain drain, unfortunately. Gotcha. Um, so it was a kind of a reality of life. Um, there's not, um, you know, there's just not as many opportunities. And so like, for me, I was like, uh, I was excited to come to the U S and, and grateful, like to, to have the opportunity because I kind of knew opportunities there were limited for me. Well, that's exciting then. Yeah. So 15 and you're like, let's go. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) And then, you know, adjusting to a new culture. I mean, that's, that's uh, an interesting thing. And um, what, what stood out to you or does anything still stand out to you as like a little bit different? I know you've been here for a bit, so you've kind of probably adopted most of it, but did anything stand out to you when you first came over? Uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of things did. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of like, you know, something, something obvious, but, um, you know, I think on, so truthfully, uh, the fact that people got to drive, get to drive in the U S at 16, um, like in South Africa, the driving age is 18. So when I came really? here and I would, yeah, I would write to my friends or whatever, they'd be like, Oh, so I moved here at 15. So the next year I was driving, people were like, you get to drive you know it was the coolest yeah. thing usa land of everyone gets a car like i'm driving <laughs> at 16 yeah totally which is crazy right like why do we let 16 year olds i drive? know i know but yeah but it's fun when you're 16 yeah it's a little scary too i remember yeah. i remember i used to think that the car in the other lane was gonna like i didn't know the perception the death perception so they're mm-hmm. in, the, in their lane i'm in my lane but i'm like are we gonna hit are we going to scrape mirrors? Like, I don't even know, but oh kind of hugging the side, but it is cars are actually thinner than the, the road. It just doesn't feel like it yes. sometimes, but yeah. yeah so no, totally. crazy. <laughs> and then when you went to school, you're thinking international, right? You're thinking was it international affairs. Uh, I, yeah, I did major in international affairs um, at George Washington in DC. And yeah, you know, like I said, I was like, yeah, send me to, uh, you know, Somalia or Kenya or something. I want to be Christian Amanpour. I want to, you know, do the, do the international reporting thing. So that was definitely a thing for a while. And honestly, I mean, out of college, I, I kind of got, got to do that um, minus the super exotic travel, but I ended up uh, being a, a 
a reporter for a few years focusing on global health policy. Um, so definitely that international component. Um, yeah. and, but but policy meant, you know, I was I was DC based most of the time. Gotcha. Wow. And I don't know about Somalia though. <laughs> well, I'm sure that I, I know they have a lot of global health um stories worth telling in Somalia, but but yeah, it didn't didn't quite make it there yet. Yeah. Um so that, that journalistic background, at what point did you decide not to be a journalist full time? Yeah. Um, you know, I think once I saw my paycheck. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm joking. Hey, this is it. <laughs> I'm joking kind of, but um, you know, I yeah, like so I came up at a t- like let's see how much I want to date myself. But, um, you know, I mean, I came up at a time in journalism where local newspapers were closing left and right. Um, it was date yourself. It was, it was changing a lot. Yeah. And, um, you know, it just, it became clear that the, the opportunities that were once available in journalism weren't going to be there. And that, you know, and especially now it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, people go in young to news organizations, um, they kind of burn you out <laughs> pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, there's, there's only, there's long-term career trajectories just for a kind of select few. Um, and honestly, like going back to that whole thing of having a lot of different interests, I like reporting. I love journalism. Um, like, and I love a newsroom environment. Like I really loved working in a newsroom, but I was also really interested in business and in the business side of content and stuff. And so, you know, I think there was always that itch. Um, and I was always interested in entrepreneurship too. So there were other things I wanted to explore. Yeah. And and there's and the idea of the, a journalist background getting into marketing like ho- that makes the best content makes the best content um it's you know i, or can. I it's 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 helpful like i i like that i got to do that and i think it's a useful lens to me it's always really interesting to hear people talk about content that don't have journalism in their background at all right mm. it's like a really a different discussion um and i, I think what, what's different about it um so so in journalism like especially if you've worked in a news organization there are certain things that are just beaten into you right and and you sort of come with these assumptions about you know what is allowed and i think that people that don't have that in some ways are, can be less restricted. Um, you know, they, they aren't tied to these journalistic conventions. Oh, so it kind of in a bad way. So as a journalist, you have this framework put upon you, but some of it's good. I mean, the lead, the idea of stacking your information. So you, if you're only going to read four things, you know, the most important four things are in the beginning. There's so many good things that, are there some so, things that hold I, you back too? Like you have to do the ALA and you have to. Use yeah, so a- I, I think that both groups, so people who create content that come from a journalism background and the ones that don't come from a journalism background, I think they can learn a lot from each other. 
Um, okay. and, th and that's why I like these, I love these conversations of like hearing those two groups talk to each other because they each kind of come with different assumptions um, and different um, backgrounds and understanding of like what makes for good content. And, you know, you, you get a lot when you combine the two, I think. And, and Amen. Yeah. yeah, that'd be a great podcast. What journalists talk to non-journalists? Marketer, marketer versus journalist. Marketer really, they're like the same journalist. person, but you know, or you could be one of those Instagram, you know, you know, reels or whatnot, where it's the same person. They just one puts on glasses and a, and a jacket, and they talk to each other. You know. Oh, I um, like that. Yeah, yes. Yes. Um, we're, we're getting crazy on the show now. Um, well, Casey well, unplugged. Yeah, there it is, Casey unplugged. Uh, it's much more like Joe Rogan that way. Uh, it's so tame. This show is so tame. So I have this hypothetical question for you. Uh, I may or may not have a time machine here in New Hampshire. I know. Now that was a proper sentence. That's pretty cool. So let's say you come visit, we get some beers, some lobster, and you can try out the time machine. It's in the backyard covered in a tarp. So you get it in this time machine and it's a particular time machine because it goes back in time and you get to meet yourself after graduating with that international affairs degree. You get to meet that version of you a couple of days later. Now you're a grad. Now you're in the real world. You get to meet that Jackie. What do you say to her? What kind of things would you encourage her, discourage her? What kind of things would you tell yourself? Oh, it's a good question. Um, so many things probably like, change your hairstyle. No, I'm kidding. I've had the same hairstyle for a really long time. Um, pro honestly, um, well, don't, you know, don't do bangs, right? No, then... no. Um, no, I haven't done that since I was like four and like cut my own bangs. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. My mom's not happy about that. Um, so no, I think, I think the advice or I would say is, and it's still something that I'm learning um, and I think we're all learning, but uh, to like learn to trust your instinct. Um, you know, I think there's a lot in life that kind of conditions us, especially at that phase of life to like, you know, question yourself um, and, and check those things. But, you know, we, I, I, this is maybe getting a little, a little woo woo, but oh, yeah. I think that we, you know, I think we all have, um, I think our internal compass is all kind of pointing us in the right direction. And, um, you know, learning to listen to yourself is a really great skill that I think there's no way that if you authentically do it, it can't serve you. Um, and I wish I would have learned to do that sooner. And, and like I said, I'm still learning. How, how, do you, how does yourself express yourself to yourself? <laughs> Write that out, right? That's my, oh God, my team will turn that into a quote. And I'll never live it down. But, but how, how, how do you hear yourself? You were saying, learn, learn to listen to yourself. What, mm. what have you learned? Like, how does yourself talk to yourself? <laughs> um, I don't know that there's actually a dialogue going on, interestingly, but what I have learned uh, for, for me, and, and, you know, this is also individual. Oh, yeah. Um, so for me to listen to myself is I have to sit with things. Um, and I even like use this in, in business, like with hiring decisions, whatever. Um, 
I, I you know, I, I can make quick decisions, but I do try to like make a decision and then let it sit for a while and observe how it feels, how my mind, my inner dialogue, I guess that's where it comes in, is reacting to it. And that will either confirm uh, that it's the right choice or I'm like, you know what? Actually, no, let's do something else. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. But I love that we're calling it out because I think sometimes if you don't notice mm -hmm. that's what that is, then you just, you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious now, or I, I have this feeling, I wish I didn't have it. It's like, no, that's a good thing. We have that on purpose. Yeah. And it's that thing that tells you, eh, maybe not. And I've, I've made decisions, like sometimes buying things. I'm not such a big fan of buying things and mm. like, oh God, am I going to regret this? And you can always return it or whatnot, but I'll buy something. And if afterward it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not stressing. I was right before he didn't click submit. I was, but I'm feeling okay now. All right, let's do it. Then another time, you know, some, some order was placed. And it's like, Nope, that feels really weird. Nope. Yeah. Nope. So you just got yeah. those feelings or you just got to listen to that. It, exactly. Right. And like, so for me again, like it sounds, it sounds simple, but like, yeah, to just, uh, sit with it before acting has, has helped me kind of so, sort through that. But God. yeah, the buying analogy, I think is good. You know, sometimes I'll go into a store and I'm like, Oh, I want this. And then I'm like, do I, do I, you know what, I'm going to go to other stores. And if I'm thinking about it in an hour, I will go back and get it. And half the time I'm not thinking about it. Right. Yeah. That's smart. Doing it before and after it's, it makes sense, right? Listen to yourself and the, and the feeling beforehand. Um, yeah. And you know, what's interesting having a conversation with yourself, maybe not in the store. Cause then the clerk is like, who are you <laughs> call the cops? This person's crazy, but it's almost like that inner dialogue of saying, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes for, you know, more of the extroverted people, like I find even just, I can ask out loud that question and I sort of answer it myself, you know, how do I feel about this? And yeah, I feel good, you know, just verbalizing it makes it a little stronger of a signal. Yeah, no, I hear you on that. You know, sometimes I'll have a conversation with like a friend or something. Yeah. And I hear myself say things out loud and I'm like, wait, what is that? You know, did I just say that? Is that what I mean? Like, yeah, I think it's really powerful to say things out loud. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Love all of this. Sign me up. So on that note, people are interested in content repurposing or they just want to connect with you because you're a lot of fun and they learned a bunch social platforms, websites, throw it all out there. Where, where can people reach out? Yeah, no, thanks, Casey. You, you make this a ton of fun. Um, yeah, I right. I, I wasn't kidding. Uh, you know, when I said, I just, I, I like how you flip the script a lot. And um, I think there's a lot of good stuff you're doing here. So thank, thank you. you for the opportunity. Yeah. Um, you know, LinkedIn is good. Um, I'm, I'm there. I'm pretty active. Um, so Jacqueline Schiff um, on LinkedIn and Twitter. I go in and out, um, but uh, but that's also a good kind of social network for me. So I'm J underscore Schiff and, you know, I'll forever kind of curse the day that I decided to use an underscore in my Twitter <laughs> name, but whatever. You're being um, cool. <laughs> I don't know what I was doing, uh, but I, you know, I've been on there for a long time now, so uh, it is what it is. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, uh, if people want to check out PodReacher, podreacher.com is, is the best place to find out more. 
Okay, pod reacher. So let's just talk about that for a second. So if people have, and a lot of people listening, I know we're doing webinars. I, if they don't have a podcast, they should talk to me and then we'll do that. But if, let's say they have they a podcast should. or they have webinars, they have this video content, especially the webinars. Cause I, I heard you on a presentation is brilliant. Almost every slide could be its own post, like own content piece. That sounds, yeah, people have like a video like this. Should they reach out to you? They should go to pod reacher and what kind of steps should they take? Like what's it? Yeah. You know what? Um, let's do this. People should email me. Um, and so we can like, you know, give my email, um, yeah. the show notes or whatever. Do you want to say it out loud? Jacqueline, J-A-C-L-Y-N, no K in there. So Jacqueline at podreacher.com. And if you're hearing this, hit me up. We'll do your first article, uh, 50% off. You can just do one, try us out. And yeah, to your point, um, we can take a webinar, uh, any kind of recording and, and turn it, and we'll turn it into a blog post for, for half price. Sweet. That sounds like a steal. And <laughs> as an example, we're going to do that for this podcast. Yes. Now there's like 90 articles, but we'll pick one and, and, uh, yeah. And so people can click and see, here's the transcript. Here's the, this, here's the, that, and they can see how the magic converts from one thing to another. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, we'll take this very nonlinear conversation. We'll work some magic <laughs> on it. No, and, and through no fault of yours. Um, no, I, we had some linear portions to it. We did. That's true. We did just enough linear to make a good content and just enough craziness to make a good listening. Hopefully. Um, the perfect combination, you know what, or if no one else is listening, it's just you and I were talking. <laughs> the, the, we the had a good time. Conference room is empty. <laughs> oh the janitor's gosh. like turning off the lights. No, no, no. We're still presenting. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> we're still here. Don't yeah. leave. Um, yeah, this was fun. Thanks for coming on here. Thank you, Casey. No, like I said, had a blast um, and appreciate the opportunity. Right on. And for those listening still, the, uh, the 3,000 of you left here in the auditorium, uh, <laughs> it started at 100. So now there's only three now. Um, if you learn something, share this episode, share the knowledge or, or even um, Jackie's information with other people so that they can take part in this and they can learn something. That's thought leadership, just simply sharing a nugget of wisdom with other people, the methods for repurposing, the different, the, the, even the idea from henceforth, take the fact that transcripts are not the foundation. They're just helpful. Take that with you. And now whenever you tell someone that, you'll know, hey, this was the podcast and you'll know the person that told you too. So anyways, that's thought leadership. That's my thing on that. Jackie, you're the best. Thanks again. Thank you. All right. And that's it. This has been... That's not just that's it. That's that's an episode. Man, what a great episode. Episode was it okay? Even wrap. with the interruption, I feel so no, bad. it was great. And so, with that being said, this has been another episode of the hardcore marketing show. We will catch you all next time.